welcome to episode 52 of the J Bunny's Music Hub podcast. I'm your host, J Bunny. Well, for this episode, I'm joined today by AJ Cavalier, current singer of the band Diesel Machine and former singer for the band Soil. It's a great conversation. I was I was especially happy to get an answer to a question that had been rolling around in my brain for about a fucking decade now since he left Soil, so it was great to get that answered. It was a great conversation. I think you guys are going to enjoy it. So without further ado, here's AJ. So what's up, everybody? It's Jay Bunny. I'm here again on Skype, once again, drinking the fantastic wares of the Ghost Hawk Brewery out of Clifton, New Jersey. Definitely check them out. And joining me today, AJ Cavalier, vocalist of the band Diesel Machine and formerly of Soil. How's it going today? Going good, man. How are you doing? I'm, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm just... uh. I'm getting real tired of doing. I mean, I love doing this show, but I'm getting tired of not being able to do it in person. Like I, but before Corona, before the pandemic, like I was always doing this face to face with people at concerts and stuff. And uh, you know, obviously, there's none of that going on right now. So. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a new world, and and doing the video chats and on and online stuff is. I mean, at least it keeps things going, but it definitely right. lacks that you know that personal touch of shaking hands and meeting people. Right, right. So as I was saying uh, right before we started recording, I first became aware of you in, in 2004 when you were announced as the new vocalist for the band Soil. And we'll get to your uh, specific bands in a bit, but can you tell me first like when you f- first started playing music? Wow. Well, say playing music, I mean, I guess you maybe want to narrow that down to when I was actually you know, active as a musician or learning music. I mean, I played you know, if you want to go back far, you know, high school band, you know, playing drums in that. I was a drummer, uh, still am, but started on drums, you know, and then high school singing things. And then went to Musicians Institute as a drummer, went back in the 80, back in 88, 89. And so I went there and that's where I met Ray Luzier from Corn and a whole bunch of people that, you know, still friends with today. And uh, yeah, from there, I, you know, I was just a drummer for a long period of time. And then in the early 90s, started to, to just wanted to get out front and sing because I couldn't find a singer at the time. And then so I was thinking of playing drums for a while, you know, and then that got old and just got out front. I think in 93, 92, 93, I started singing out front in a band called World in Pain. And then from there, it just, you know, continued. But yeah, I don't know. That's kind of a long answer to a short question, but I've been doing music forever, I feel. But, you know, when I, I moved to L.A. when I was 19, and that's kind of when I feel like I started to try to to try to make it as a, some sort of musician, whether it be drums or, or whatever I could do. And, uh, you know, obviously people know you. You mentioned World in Pain. People know you from Diesel Machine, from Soil. Were there any other bands that you were in that people might know? I doubt it. You know, this is all like pre-internet bands. I mean, this is before any of the web stuff or, I mean, I don't even think CDs were around. I don't know, sure. I was in a band called Last Rites, which was a thrash band in L.A., and that was like from 89, 90 to like 91. We did a few tours with like Flotsam and Jetsam and Defiance and and uh, bands like that, and Violence, if you remember a band called Violence back in the day. Right, right. We yeah, did some right. tours, and, you know, Phil uh, from Machine Head and, and uh, guitar player from Machine Head, they, you know, they were in that band, and that's where I met those guys back in the day. And... Uh, Steve from Skin Lab, he was in the band Defiance back in the day. So it's a small world. I've, I've met all those guys and, you know, and still stay in touch with them from, you know, from playing in, in Diesel Machine and, and Soil and whatnot. But, yeah, so it was, you know, Last Rites was a band. There's, there was another one on the East Coast, like a punk band called Last Rites, but we were on the West Coast and no one really knew, like, who was who back in the day. We didn't have a record deal or anything. But yeah, you know, that was like the first band playing drums and, you know, and then, then, like I said, moved on from there, you know. Okay. And then as far as, as Diesel Machine, can you tell me about the, the initial era of that band? Like how did the band come together and, and what ultimately led to you guys going on hiatus or splitting up or, or, or whatever happened, you know, at the end of that initial era? Sure. The quick version would be, I was in a band called World in Pain. Ray Luzier was playing drums. Uh, he did a, a four-song demo with us. And then we, his roommate, which was Pete Parada, and Pete is the drummer for Offspring, I think, now still. But he was the drummer after that. And we were playing around doing lots of gigs, lots of shows. And the bass player for World of Pain was Vince Dennis, uh, Vince from Body Count. Okay. Still in Body Count. So 
we were doing lots of shows around LA and, you know, and, and Burbank and the Valley and wherever we could get a show. And, uh, a band called state of the art was out there. And I, I met those guys and the, and the guitar player was Pat Lockman. And that's where I first met Pat and his brother, Tim was singing at the time. And they were kind of like a progressive metal, like a fate's warning kind of band, you know, um, really cool, great musicianship and great vocals and for that kind of, you know, a progressive metal kind of band. And Pat was wanting to go heavier. And with World in Pain, we were pretty heavy, but we were more groove heavy, you know, not so metal heavy, if that's the word. And so Pat and I and the, and the guitar player for World in Pain named Jeff Moore, we, we kind of, us three, started Diesel Machine. That would probably be back in 1995, I would say, nine, late 95, 96. And I was playing drums again, and that's how it was kind of funny. And we started writing songs like Anger Within was one of the original songs we ever wrote, which is very crowbar, slow, doomy kind of stuff. And and uh, so that was us three in downtown rehearsal in L.A., you know, in a loft jamming to that. And then the music started to get faster. I'm like, well, there's no way I'm going to be able to play drums. First of all, I'm not that good. I'm good, but it wasn't, you know, the, the, we need a better drummer, you know. And so Shane came around. I think Pat knew Shane somehow and Shane got in the band and. And then I got uh, bass player, uh, you know, Rich Gonzalez to play bass, and he was in a cool band called Devolution. So basically, Diesel Machine kind of started, had a different bass player um, here and there, but um, with the original, with the lineup that it is, you know, now with Pat, me, um, Rich, and Shane, it was probably 96. And then, yeah, and then that's kind of where it started, and, you know, we just started to kind of, kind of go faster and heavier, but kind of keeping the crowbar Meshuggah style vibe going on. And then Shane's drumming was pretty insane. So things started to get more technical and, and things like that. Um, so got down to one guitar player, which was just Pat. So anyways, yeah, I mean, I don't know if that wraps it up. It's a quick history of what was going on. I was still having my band at the time, World in Pain, while we were doing Diesel Machine. And then I just kind of fizzled out World in Pain because I just wanted to go full, you know, concentrate on the Diesel Machine stuff and, and uh yeah we got that record deal in 99 2000 with i think steam hammer uh in germany and put out that torture test record and you know do some touring and and you know we had we had some really good momentum you know wayne from static x was a good friend of mine and he got us to tour with him on the west coast run with soulfly and static x and ironically the band soil was was opening up for for that tour too so we were just before soil and I never heard of those guys before. And, you know, I didn't, you know, and when I, and I didn't even really, I, I met the drummer and the guitar or Sean actually on some of those West Coast tours. And those guys are really cool. I got along with them real well. And, uh, but I didn't really care much for the music, you know, again, me being just pure, heavy, brutal, mosh pit, you know, inciting music. And then listening to Soil, which was not, I wasn't in that mode of listening to rock, you know, like a heavier rock band. But uh, anyways, yeah, so ironically, like I said, that Soil was there, and I, that's where I first heard of them. And then a few years went by, not too many. And then Wayne from Static X called me up and said, hey, man, Soil is looking for a, a singer. Their singer quit or whatever. And that was before he went to Drowning Pool, I guess. And I said, yeah, I remember those guys. I really didn't like them that much back then. I'll, I'll revisit their stuff and listen to it. And, you know, my mindset was different at that time. I think that was like 2003 or whatever when when Wayne was contacting me about that. And at that time, you know, Diesel Machine already lost a lot of our, our forward motion. Our bass player had an accident and he was, you know, uh, unable to continue. And I think Pat was, yeah, I think he auditioned for Halford and he got that gig. And so he was real busy with that. So we kept Diesel Machine kind of on the back burner um, until we were able to record and, and continue on with we wanted to do another record and it took what um what 20 years to <laughs> to get it together and yeah that's with it between everyone's touring and shane being in the bees over in japan a huge rock band over there touring arenas you know and of course he does a lot of different things because he's you know kind of a session guy too he can play anything and do anything so Sorry, I feel like I'm, I'm rambling here, but that's kind of it in a nutshell. We, we, we finally decided after, you know, everyone got done touring with all their bands and with me with Soil. And we said, you know, we should continue what we started. And while I was touring with Soil, I'd be off the road and I would try to get some vocals done. Or we would try to track some guitars and some bass and some drums and keep Diesel Machine going. 
but it was always hard to do because we were kind of all over the map as far as locations and and all that so yeah and then you know we finally finished the record and now we have this as an offering to uh, to everybody and you know some of the songs were were older songs that we had that didn't make the first record and we kind of revisited them and made them a little cooler and some of them were off a demo that we had back in 2000 whatever it was 2001 i think and uh yeah we just compiled a bunch of stuff and we wrote some new stuff and there you go and we have the evolve record well okay i didn't i didn't realize that that was that you guys were kind of working on that all along we'll get more into to the to the newer stuff in a moment i did, did want to take a little bit of time to to talk about soil um you, you'd already mentioned sort of how how you got brought into the band were there any challenges to stepping into the, the vocalist spot of an established band with some some hits under under their belt and was there any backlash from the fan base with that transition yes and yes absolutely i guess challenges challenges singing anyone else's material is tough because i was always in an original band so i never was in a cover band and I never, you know, tried that. But you know, it was, you know, after you bang your head so many years in LA, and you wanna, you wanna be successful, and you wanna tour, and you wanna be a working musician, and I'm like, you know what? And Wayne is the one who really talked me into it. He said, dude, they're cool guys. We did lots of touring with them. Once you get to know them, blah blah blah. And once I, you know, listened to their music a little bit more, I'm like, you know, it's pretty cool. They're, I mean, and I know I'm not trying to bash their singer by any means. He's never said anything bad about me, and I did not say anything bad about him. I just, I think his singing style is way different than mine. Right. And I'm surprised that they even wanted me because of that. But maybe they did want me because of it. But at the same time, you know, it's it's just tough coming into something that's established and people are expecting to hear, you know, their songs, you know, the Halos and the Redefine and the songs that they had and, you know, to continue on. And when I first joined the band, I was like, you know, can we change the name of the band? And they were all pretty much absolutely against it. I think the drummer... Uh, was was like yeah we can change it he was more receptive to it but you know at the time I was pretty pig-headed I was pretty you know like fuck that if I'm allowed to swear I'm not sure oh yeah sure it's the internet man. Um, not that I'm trying to I have kids so I gotta keep it down <laughs> but um, I was like you know what we should f everybody if the music's good enough it'll stand on on its own you know we don't have to ride the coattails of what was done prior but they wanted to keep the soil name they you know and I get it now but when you're in it and you're emotionally, you know, kind of pissed off that, that they won't change the name and and you got to, you know, be stuck kind of singing those songs forever. You either have to accept it and move on and or remain pissed. And I was, you know, I guess pissed isn't really the right word. I was just disappointed that they didn't want to just try to do something new because there was there was definite chemistry with with what they had to musically and what I could bring vocally and melodically to the band. And I was like, well, this is definitely undeniable. We definitely have something here. I feel it. And I didn't think I was going to. And I flew to Chicago when I was in L.A., you know, and I was, you know, we, they gave me a couple songs to write while I was there. And I wrote them like overnight and came in the rehearsal studio the next day and laid down. I think one of the songs was Let Go off of the True Self record. And uh, it was just nailed it. It was like just it just had a good chemistry. And I was really. I was excited about, okay, well, we'll keep the name Soil, I guess, but I'm excited that we have this new music and there's definitely something there. So maybe our new stuff will pick up and take over and, you know, be more successful than what than what they had prior. But it did not do that because it just wasn't either not good enough or it wasn't the, you know, time in life where the moons were aligned where it was accepted. So, yeah, there's a lot of challenges in doing that. And after, you know, the hundredth millionth time you sang – songs that you don't i don't want to say believe in but they didn't come from you and the, you know as a vocalist not to sound cheesy but if you sing someone else's lyrics it's you're just kind of copying it it's not it's not coming from me from my soul it's i'm just reproducing what someone else did so people can hear it so mm-hmm. and at the same time it's i mean they're not i don't feel like they're cheering for me i feel like they're cheering for the song which is fine they don't cheer for me but there's just as not as much satisfaction as if it's your own song that you wrote the lyrics and you did the melodies and people are singing it back to you. And then you just have that thing. So you have to kind of suck that up and deal with it. And I pretty much sucked it up as long as I could before I just didn't really want to deal with it anymore. And I was just kind of getting old. And You get promised a lot that you're going to, you know, you know, we're going to play more of our songs. You know, we didn't play like hardly any songs off of uh, the Picture Perfect record or, you know, even some, the True Self record. And it always felt like it was I was fighting to get our own songs heard. And 
you know, when you're in it, you're emotionally evolved, your whole life is touring, your whole life is given up to do this thing that I chose to do, mind you. No one forced me to do it. So it was very challenging and it was very hard, but there was a lot of good times, great times, fun times, and things I'll never forget. And I just think that if there's any advice for anybody who's going to join a band that already has like songs out there or an established name, you really have to let go of trying to push your original vibe on it because, you know, unless they're willing to, to go your way, you know, you just kind of have to be one of the team players and just kind of play along and do, do what's, do what's necessary. And, you know, I did it for a while, bud, and it was, it was awesome. I had a great time. I'm really proud of the two records that, I, that we did. I put a lot of heart and soul in all those, you know, wrote all the lyrics, wrote except for like one song on Picture Perfect, which was uh, by somebody else. But otherwise, you know, it was it was a good run for sure. But yeah, a lot of challenges, man, for sure. And uh, I could have ended it in a better way. But at the time, that was the best way I could I could deal with it, you know. But I get it now. I mean, and I actually have more respect for those guys now because they're, you know, they're, they're trying to, to continue to do it. And anybody who can continue to be a musician these days, more power to you, you know. I get it. Now, I, I do want to ask just because it's something that, that when I first saw it, always kind of, and as the years have gone, it's been 10 years at this point since you've left Soil. And one thing that always just, I was always curious about, and I would be remiss in not asking you, is your departure from the band was a, was originally announced by, by drummer Tom Schofield that you had not quit that you were just going on a hiatus and that while you were on hiatus from the band, he was going to be as well and he was going to work on other stuff. And then ultimately neither of you returned to the band. Why was it, why was it sort of put out in the press that way that it was a hiatus and not a departure? I think that's a good question. I think because technically we didn't want to totally end it and we were like, man, well maybe if we take some time, they'll, you know, we'll all kind of get back on the same page and maybe do another record or continue on. But, the deal is this, once, before that all happened, and here's, you got the industry secret, because I've never told anybody this shit from, not that anyone even cares, but apparently you do. Um, <laughs> back in the day, I mean, it's not like we're freaking Soundgarden or somebody, we're Metallica. This is all just uh, lower, lower level rock band stuff. But I knew that they were looking to get their singer back. And they were, you know, they were in contact with Ryan, and Ryan was in Drowning Pool, wasn't happy, or I don't know what the deal was with him. He came to see us play a few times and I met him and, and talked to him a little bit. And, and they were just very, you know, I don't want to say secretive. I'm not trying to bad mouth those guys. Um, those guys mean the bass player, you know, the guitar player. Because Sean was already out of the band by then. Way, right. Way by then. And, you know, I heard, you know, that they were trying to get their singer back and they weren't being upfront with me about it. If they would have said, hey, you know what, dude, we had a good run. It's not working out anymore. Let's. We want to get our other singer back and, you know, I think things are going to line up. Then it would have been a cooler departure. But to do stuff like that and not let me know um, or thinking that I didn't know. I mean, I knew the whole freaking time, you know, and I was like, you know what? You know, it's just like, let's just put this thing on a hiatus if you guys are really going to get your singer back. And this is what I was thinking to myself and to the drummer. And the drummer wasn't really happy with how things were going either. So I guess that's where the word hiatus came into play was that perhaps it was something that could be worked out, but apparently they didn't they didn't waste any time, you know, moving forward to to get their singer back and to, to get all that happening. I think they had an in between singer to finish some touring that happened when Tom and I left and another drummer. Right. And then that, that singer, I don't even know his name, but he was cool. I listened to one of his songs. He definitely was a good good singer. But they had an in between guy and then they got Ryan back and now they're still still doing that. But yeah, it's just one of those things where, you know, it's just typical stuff where if it was more on the up and up and I could have been a better communicator for sure. I was just kind of angry all the time and uh, I could have definitely handled things a lot better. And I'm not absolutely proud of how it ended by any means. And, but again, when you're, you know, when you're in a relationship, whether it's music or, you know, uh, any kind of relationship, you're definitely when you're emotionally attached and involved, it's it's hard to put those emotions aside. And, you know, anger runs pretty quick. So it was best to kind of just stop it as before it got, you know, really bad, <laughs> you know, and, uh, right, right. and that's kind of what happened. And I, you know, like I said, I, I'm not proud of how it ended. And if I could do it again, I think I would definitely do it in a better way. All right. And and you'd mentioned before that, you know, that you, there wasn't really ever much in the way of a break with diesel machine. You guys were kind of working when you had time. So after you left soil, were you in any other bands or working on any other projects other than diesel machine? 
No, no, not at no. all. Just uh, doing absolutely nothing except for trying to get Diesel Machine going and, uh, you know, trying to get a job and get, I got married and had a, and a child and a lot of other things in life started, you know, coming around. So there wasn't any other bands, things going on, um, just Diesel Machine and trying to logistically make that happen and, you know, and get it finished. You know, it's, it's like pulling teeth to get it all done. You know, it's you got four guys and you're trying to get the mixes done and trying to get ideas sent back and forth and you know well we got it done you know i was in california at the time so shane was uh he's in california and the other guys were so we we made it happen and then i moved to new york where i am now and uh i finished some of the stuff from here two of the newer songs were done here and um that's kind of the deal but we kept it going as much as we could Alrighty, and then the first the first new single or the first new track from from the new record was released last year shut it when that video came out, it, it in the video it had said that there was a tentative release date for the new album of fall 2019, but it was actually not released until this August. I was just wondering what what caused that delay. I think the label delayed that. There was uh, we were still in negotiations of all that, and um, it took that a little bit of time to to get it all worked out. And then they said, well, let's do it on this date instead. But yeah, it was uh, kind of a bummer that I, th- I was hoping we get it out a little bit sooner. But uh, at least it's out. I can't. Right. Uh, I'm not going to complain at this stage. Right. And was there any apprehension about releasing a new album during COVID when like touring to support is not really a possibility? Not really. I mean, honestly, you know, I'm just happy that the record that we were able to get it completed and so much of music is listened to online these days that I don't think I would, I mean, I, I do miss playing out and I'd like, I can't wait to be able to tour on this uh, once things pick back up. But um, I definitely didn't really stop us from wanting to get it out by any means. If anything, probably want to do it more because I think more people are online and listening to things more now anyway. I mean, how often do you see shows as opposed to listening to music? You see shows once or twice a year or more if you're lucky where bands have come around, but you're listening to that music a lot more than what you're going to go see. So I think it's, it makes sense to still, you know, for anybody even now to try to still get music out there because people still might want to hear it, you know. That's that's fair enough. Now, how do you feel about how the entertainment industry has sort of adapted to not being able to tour by doing more online performances and drive-in performances and, and things of that sort? I think it's getting old for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't like performance videos um, where guys are in their bedrooms and jamming out to their own stuff. It's just it's like not – it depends, I guess, on how the music is, but like Diesel Machine or – Heavier music doesn't just doesn't feel right to to be trying to yell at a computer screen or your iPhone. You know, it's it's something that's got to be delivered live. But I guess you know people are doing it, and I'm not knocking it. I guess, but it's not for me. So I think people are probably getting tired of watching those kind of things. But you know, at the same time, bands want to stay busy and show something for their fans. But maybe some fans like it, some don't. I don't think we're going to be doing it because I mean I don't like it. I think it's. <laughs> For me, I think it's cheesy to be yelling in uh, in my room, and you know, uh, I yell enough as it is. I need to bring it out to you know on a microphone on a stage is where it really belongs, you know. So. Right, right. I did notice it's not just music that's doing it though too. There's you got you've got like online comedy shows. Again, I mentioned to you that before we started recording that I go to the Renaissance Fair. They they've been doing like Renaissance Fair acts or doing online performances. I, I have a friend who's a magician who's been doing online shows, which that to me is a little. It's like well magic online that sort of makes make I, I feel like that i mean again not like you said not knocking it i feel like magic specifically if you're doing it online makes it easier to disbelieve but but again you know like, like you said people are, are doing what they can to, to to keep it alive um but yeah i can't wait to i definitely was going to shows way more than once or twice a year i mean not the same bands obviously but i i, I was uh i did the math once yeah i'm, thir- I'm 37 years old prior to this year uh, I started going to my first concert was when I was 17, averaged about two concerts a month wow. from the time I was 17 until COVID started. Wow. You're lucky, man. I, I uh, wish I could do those kind of gigs, man, or see bands, you know, like that, you know, back in the day. You're lucky to be able to, to go and do that. Uh, were you doing like interviews also? I've only been doing this about three years. Um, I'm just a, I'm just one of those people that's just really a big supporter of music, of live music, of buying music every on every show. You know, although it's not so much the way that people consume music anymore, I still try and encourage people to 
buy the music that they love to support the artists so that they don't go away. Right. Uh, because if the if bands aren't making, you know, bands or even whatever whatever sort of entertainment you like, if it's not making money, it's not going to stick around. True, true, man. I don't expect to get rich by any means off a diesel machine. It was just, you know, it's at some point you're like, you know, I like to. It was more of a an accomplishment of finishing something that we started that we said we were going to do for our bass player. Um, and for all of us, you know, the, you know we were, had all this forward motion and we wanted to continue it. But it's definitely, we don't expect to be, you know, buying Rolls Royces with the royalties on, on this record by any means. First of all, Diesel Machine is such an underground thing. There's only, a, you know, there's really not a lot of people even knew about it. I mean, or even know about it still. And it's okay. You know, we're, we're not slicing any new bread. We're just, you know, a cool band that was heavy back in the day and we're just kind of continued to, you know, now. So people sometimes listen to it and, you know, it's like it doesn't really, we're not like the newer style. I don't even know what the style is called anymore. We're more old school, I think, if anything, you know, with, with, with what we bring, you know, which would make sense because we're old. That's <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> so I had, you know, I had just mentioned how, you know, people don't don't consume music the same way that they used to. And, and sort of the signature question of the show uh, that I ask anybody that's on the show is how do you feel about the current state of the music industry where where people just sort of they do the Spotify thing they they feel like they don't need to buy music a lot of people have the attitude well bands make all their money at the shows so we don't need to buy the music and now there's no shows like how do you feel about that whole you know where things are have been direction things have been going from an industry standpoint I don't know I hate everybody you know I mean people <laughs> suck so except for you obviously but I've always had a problem with People not being either into music or wanting to buy music or, I mean, I buy records, not records, but CDs, you know, people download shit, steal stuff for free. And it's, you know, back in the day, back when, you know, when it was happening with the, the Napsters and all that, you know, the funny stuff back then, it just has always been around. So I've always been used to, you know, just people doing whatever they want to do. Um, I don't know if I'm answering your question correctly. I, I just think if people, real people that dig our stuff or dig their music, they're going to they're gonna want to buy it. And they're going to want to support the artist, you know. And then there's other people that just want to hear what's going on. So they're going to rip a song or steal a song. And eh, I don't like them, whatever, which is fine, too. But I think people buying CDs is like, you know, the one of the lost arts of the world. I mean, I, I love reading, you know, the, the liner notes and all the things in, in CDs. And I even bought my own CD on Amazon. I bought two copies of it. So yeah, yeah. I saw the picture. I, <laughs> I saw the picture. They posted a picture to the band's Facebook page of you holding it. <laughs> Yeah, man. I mean, you know, I have other friends that, you know, well, I just downloaded it or I bought it online. I'm like, all right, that's cool. You know, I just, I don't know, man, too much, te- too much technology just makes it too easy to do too many things. And sometimes I like to make it harder. I'm not going to go back to, you know, records and tapes, but, you know, I don't know. I think, you know, I still like buying CDs myself. My brother thinks I'm crazy, but you know, I like to do it. Oh yeah, me too, man. I've got, I've got, uh, you know, right now, a lot of my stuff is in, in a storage unit. I'm sort of, you know, living with family in between places right now, but I've got so many CDs. I have so many shelves. I keep thinking like if, 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 if ever I can afford to do so, I just want to have like a, a room in my house that I guess would just be, you know, a library and all of the books and all of the CDs. Cause I just got so much. I'm very much a physical media person. I don't, I don't like downloading. And, 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 and sometimes there's stuff that like, like if a band is only putting their stuff out, on you know as a download well then i guess i've got to do that because i still want to support but i'd really much rather have the cd yeah, i agree same thing there's just something about having it in your hand you just have more ownership you feel more connected with the band in my opinion than looking at stuff online and you know i mean i love like at the new deftones record you know i freaking love it you know and i want to see it i want to read lyrics i want to open it up and that's kind of i guess you know, it's just an old school way of thinking, you know, not everyone's like that these days. They want everything now quick. I want to click on it. I want to buy it or I want to steal it. And I want to listen to it. I want to judge it. And I want to just dismiss it. And they don't really have any ownership to it or connection to it because they don't even have it in their hands. You know, I mean, if you're you're kind of older, so you kind of maybe understand when records were around and or even cassette tapes when you went to Tower Records or somewhere, you know, or wherever and you actually went to get that record or get that CD. And it just was like coolest thing in the world and now everything's just kind of take it for granted and when you're one click away from anything that you want in life you can just click on it you know it's like i think that makes it too easy when you can't you can't work for it you know 
Uh, right. I also like, although although it is emblematic again of of where the industry is going. You know, when when bands do uh, these crowd crowdfund things now, it's cool that if 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 you're uh, a supporter of that, you know, they'll they'll put you in the the liner notes. Like I, I do know that the you know there's there's at least one CD out there that's got my name in it. <laughs> cool. Is that because you? They did like a GoFundMe. Or yeah, something? they did a Go. Yeah, the band uh, Forty Below Summer. They did a GoFundMe, and I, I I threw them enough to hit that level where they print your name in the CDs. So. Gotcha. And then I think the also the the uh, Nonpoint one time did a crowdfund because they needed to get a, a new tour bus or something, and they put obviously that wasn't for a CD, but so anybody that did that, they sent you a T-shirt with all the names of the people that co- contributed on it. So I've got my name on a Nonpoint T-shirt. And my name in a 40 Below Summer album. <laughs> That's cool, I guess. If, uh, yeah, I mean, it's cool to kind of feel like you're a part of something, you know? Like, because I, I tried back in high school, college, I tried to, like, put together a band, and it just didn't, it kind of fell apart before it started. And uh, and then I, you know, and then I had kids and stuff, and it's like, well, now I can't, I don't really have, I barely have time to breathe, let alone try and do anything else. <laughs> I hear you there, brother. That's one reason why it takes forever to get a diesel machine record done. You have uh, other things in life that are priorities, and it's definitely a different world. You know, I, when I was touring and doing all those things, I didn't have wives and kids and things. And so it was, uh, you know, it's a whole different world now. Right, right. Yeah, I was actually just telling somebody at work the other day, like, I'm not even working sort of in the field I went to college for, but I had to stop going to college. I was like, when, when you know, my girlfriend got pregnant, it's like, well, all right, there's a kid on the way. I got I to gotta stop going to school and just get a job. Yep, yep. That's for sure. You can start a GoFundMe page and see if anyone gives you any money. <laughs> I want some free money, please. So that's all. Of, that's about all I've got for you today. The only other thing I would ask is, what's next for you and what's next for the band? Uh, you know, are you guys working on any any new music or, or you know, sort of what's what's next? What can fans expect? They can expect. Let's see. I am rummaging through a bunch of old bins that I have. Of, old diesel machine shit got a bunch of old gigs and um videos we did like a torture test video um back in the day that was kind of like in process and we shot it at the whiskey and a few other places and, and so i'm digging that out I'm currently transferring that to some digital media to see if i can include that in some other offering that hopefully we'll have coming up but yeah i'm like you know there's really just kind of going backwards a little bit and trying to get some nostalgia I have a lot of old gigs and hopefully hopefully put together something to give people that do care or or, or we're wondering what it was like back in the day when VHS tapes were around that, you know, see what we were like back then and, and so forth. But, you know, we're just looking forward to, you know, truthfully, hopefully be able to playing out, you know, I mean, if COVID stuff lifts and some sort of live playing continues and, you know, or, or starts back up again, you know, we definitely want to be you know on board with, with continuing that. So and new music will definitely be ensuing for sure. Uh, right now we're just, we're not worrying about writing anything new. We're just, about getting this new stuff out there you know and promoting that at the moment all right well that's awesome man i really i mean now that uh, i know that you said you guys are all over the place but i i know you said you're based in new york i'm in new jersey so you know hopefully whenever you guys play out can i can come check out a show i've yet to see uh I've, I've never seen you play uh play live before i didn't i didn't i didn't uh see soil when you were in the band unfortunately and uh i've never seen diesel machine so i and I've, i'm a fan of both so I hope to be able to check you out once the oh. world allows it. I, I, I could have swore you were in the crowd saying you suck. Uh, <laughs> you, but it could have been everyone else. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> there was a lot of hecklers when I first, you know, started singing the soil, and you know, rightly so. I, I understand if they, you know, if they were in love with their other singer, and I, I would call them out, you know, and they would just shut up, you know. It's like you don't mess with the guy with the microphone. I'm always gonna be louder than you, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, but anyways, no, it's, uh, yeah, I can't wait to, to get out with these machines. It's definitely a nice release of some, uh, physical, you know, issues that I have. <laughs> so actually that brings up one other question, just cause you mentioned before when, when you joined soil, you wanted them to, you would ask if they would change the name. Do you think as a matter of practice that, that when a band changes the singer that they should do that? Or do you think there's any circumstance where they should not like obviously soil opted not to, but 
you were sort of more for that? Because I know that a lot of people kind of do have that sort of idea in their head of what they feel the real band is. And, and, and generally when, when the singer changes, they feel like it's something, you know, it's something different. So do you think that, that as a matter of, of, you know, when the singer changes, should that be the, should that happen? Truthfully, I mean, I mean, yes. And the reason is because the singer is the voice of the band and anyone who's in there, unless you're literally trying to mimic and pretty much karaoke the shit, you know, to be then, and even that's even cheesy to me. I mean, I, I could just tell you that if I could do it again, you know, it's hard to say that because I'm very proud of what we did, but I guess technically I think that uh, you should change the name. I mean, but then there's Van Halen, you know, I mean, Everyone, look at what happened with Sammy back in the day. Everyone was like, you know what, you know, they should change the name. They shouldn't. But, you know, Sammy was a killer singer. And, you know, we tried to, to do a lot of, they tried to do a lot of that. You know, well, look at this band. They did this. We're looking at ACDC. I guess it's personal preference. And, and at the end of the day, I would prefer to change the name because I think the singer mm-hmm. identifies the band more with their voice. You know, I mean, it's not just guitar riffs or drums. Right. The vocals are kind of a little bit important with how it, gives the character to the band and and uh i just think that i thought it would have been more fair to fans to to change the name because you know they they remember it a certain way so now there's this expectation of well he doesn't sound like ryan or he sounds too much like ryan it's like it's on they're all over the map with you know with what's what's going on it's more confusing i think and you know but i guess if you're trying to hold on to the success that you had and you think it'll better you to continue it with that name because you're going to still get gigs under that name because you're going to be playing those songs. I mean, I guess, I don't know. I mean, I would still change the name, honestly. I mean, I, I guess it also that. comes to, I also guess it would come down to, because what's the, the, the first band that, that comes to my mind with this is, is the band Iced Earth. And the only consistent member they've ever had is their guitarist and it's his band. And, you know, so he's not going to, you know, they've had, they've had, or five different singers and i know he's certainly not going to change the band name every time a band member changes because they change band members a lot but i think that's also more of a unique situation than than most yeah i think that music's a little more unique than uh than what soil is doing i mean i'm not putting soil down but it's just you know it's rock it's heavier rock music it's not like it's some unique band that i mean unique sound that's like like audio slave or something you know with tom morello's playing where it's super unique you know I mean, those guys didn't keep Rage Against the Machine, you know, they got Chris yeah. Burnett, so they came up with something new and something cool. But, I mean, I'm just saying Soil was well, cool. Well, hell, even, even when, I'm sorry to interrupt, even when, okay. Rage, even when Rage Against the Machine, when they decided a few years back that they were going to be Rage Against the Machine again, but they didn't get their singer back, so they got Be Real and Chuck D. They didn't call it Rage Against the Machine then either. They changed the name. It was still, they still had Rage in the name, but then they called yeah. themselves Prophets of Rage, you know, to let people know that it was something a little different. That's exactly what you should do, man. I mean, truthfully, that's exactly what that I think Soil should have done, too. And then if we had to throw in a couple Soil songs on there to make other people happy, technically we could have. But I wouldn't have been happy about that either. But, uh, you know, you're right. To me, it's, you know, the province of Rage is cool, but it's a whole other animal, you know. Audio Slave was probably one of my favorite bands, too, still. Chris Cornell, anything he does, I'm a favorite, fan of, but... You know, it was a different name, you know, a different thing with the same players. And uh, I just think that Soil would have been fine because of the style of music that it was, you know, that I think we could have changed the name and still, you know, done done okay. You know. But, you know, I lost the vote on that one. Yeah. yeah, I guess that does happen. But again, man, it was great to talk to you. I don't, like I said, I don't think I got anything else. Do you have any, any other final plugs or any uh, final words before I let you go? Not really. I just appreciate the interview, you know, and for anybody who's interested in, you know, listening to some older school, heavier stuff, you know, then to check out Diesel Machine. And, uh, you know, we're proud of what we have to offer here. And there's a lot of a lot of hard work in that record, uh, for sure. And, um, you know, I definitely appreciate you, uh, you know, looking into it and, you know, and checking it out, you know, and maybe some new people will get out there and listen to it, you know. Yeah, I'm glad I was able to, you know, it's funny is my, my first sort of exposure to Diesel Machine was, I didn't know the band. I knew when you joined Soil and it was mentioned that you were formerly of Diesel Machine and when Pat 
joined Damage Plan, and it said that he. I was like, oh man, all these these bands that I like, these newer bands that are coming out, or, or not Soil. Well, Soil was newer-ish, but whatever. Like, they're all getting guys from this band I've never heard of. Let me check out this band because these guys are awesome. That band is probably awesome too. It's definitely a, a an acquired taste. You know, you're not gonna listen to it and go, oh my god, this was like so so groundbreaking and new and crazy. You know, it's like it was. We weren't inventing anything new. You know, we were doing what we liked at, you know, the best way we could do it. That's the way I would look at it. I mean, I don't claim to be doing anything original by any means, you know, and, and I never try to. We just do what we do. We have influences from Crowbar to Meshuggah to any, you know, all those, you know, heavier bands back in the day. And we just kind of did what we wanted to do, you know, that kind of, you know, paid homage to that, you know, Pantera being one of the huge influence, obviously. And, uh, you know, we were lucky that we were able to at least have the Torture Test record come out and now to have this record out, you know, you know, we're, we're proud of it. So I just wonder what some people think that, you know, like you said, well, these guys must be kind of cool. I mean, this guy's from this, this guy's from that. But then they go back and listen to it and like, well, how come it sounds like an older stuff? It's because it is older stuff. It was mid 90s. I mean, what were they, were they even old enough in the mid 90s to listen to this music? I don't even know. So anyone who's, you know, interested in listening to it, you know, check it out and, Hopefully you'll dig it. If not, you can turn it off. It's fair enough, man. Well, I just want to thank you for uh, for being on the show, and uh, like I said, hopefully we'll, we'll uh, our paths will cross soon enough. Yeah, Jason, I'm not too far. About four hours to Jersey, man. Not too far away. All right, awesome, man. Awesome. Okay, buddy. Every fucking...
And from the album Evolve, that was Diesel Machine with the song Cynical. I want to thank AJ again for being on the show. If you guys want to follow Diesel Machine on social media, you can follow them on Facebook at Diesel Machine Band, on Twitter at Diesel Machine US, and on Instagram at Diesel underscore Machine underscore Official. You can also follow J Bunny's Music Hub on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Patreon. I'll just look up J Bunny's Music Hub. Um, also, as mentioned earlier in the show, if you believe in supporting music the way I do by buying it, then make sure to follow at Industry Embers on Facebook and Twitter and either post or tweet your music purchases with the hashtag BuyMusic, B U Y. Or it's by music, B-Y-E. Now, as for what's next for the show, I don't, I don't have anything planned. Um, you know, earlier this week, uh, I learned that a former bass player from 40 Below Summer, Derek Kleibisch, uh, passed away. Uh, I always wanted to have Derek on the show. I'd asked him about it a couple times when he was still in 40 Below, and he always seemed hesitant to to do the show by himself. I don't I don't know why. I mean, I would imagine that being in the bands he was in and and also being a recording engineer, having a studio, what have you, that that he would have had a lot to talk about. But um, he always uh, every time I asked him to be on the show, he he would only do it if uh, if somebody else was on with him. You know, Anthony Divizio from who's still in 40 Below Summer. Derek always wanted to do the show with him, and I just I wasn't able to make that happen, unfortunately. Um, and I haven't talked to anybody about this yet, and I don't generally talk about who may be on the show without confirming it and once it's done and what have you. But, um, you know, once, once we're a little further away, because it, it feels in poor taste to ask right after it happened, but, but once it's a little further out... I might see if uh, if Anthony wants to be on the show uh, to talk about not just Derek, but you know, just same as we do on any other show. Talk about the you know his career in music, but but also talk about Derek because you know they they they've known each other for such a long time. You know, Anthony had posted they they knew each other for 20 years. I just knew them from from 40 Below Summer and and playing in Mark Rizzo's band, but uh, you know I would imagine there's there's other things as well. Um, so I'll try and make that happen, no promises. Like I said, that's I don't even usually talk about what I might do until it's done, but that's that's an idea in my head, is, is to maybe see if, if Anthony wants to come on the show, talk about music, talk about Derek, and we'll see. Uh, and if it doesn't happen, rest in peace, Derek. You were a cool dude. Uh, you know, I remember the one time he and I hung out after a... Uh, after a 40 Below summer show on his birthday a few years back. It was, it was an interesting night, to say the least. Uh, but, as, you know, as always, I'll, I'll also reach out for for other interviews and see see what we get. Uh, I can't believe that we're, we're nearing the end of the shit show that has been 2020, and nothing has gotten better yet. There's still no live shows. Still all this COVID crap. Like I said at the beginning of the show, it's a little discouraging, but you know we'll see what happens. Hopefully, uh, hopefully 2021 will uh, we'll see the return of live music. We'll see maybe, and if not, I mean I still <laughs> have a couple concerts I seem like to find out about getting refunds on. But uh, that's that's about all I've got for you guys today. Um, as I always say, this happens in its own time. As it happens, we'll see what we get next. You know, uh, you know it's only it's only mid November. So I hope to do at least two more shows before the year is up. And I think that's uh, that's all I've got for you guys today. I'm sorry to end on such a somber note, but uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave you guys today with uh, another song from the Diesel Machine album Evolve. Uh, this is the song Death March. Till next time, guys. <laughs>